Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. With spring nearly here, I am so excited to introduce next month's themed episodes, which is something new we've been trying, and it has seriously been so fun. Starting in April, we are starting our Do Good Radio Hour Grow series. So we'll be talking to our guests about green spaces, growing mentally, growing in the community, and growing in your giving. So stay tuned next month to catch that Grow series. And if you have an idea for a monthly theme, let me know. You can find me on social media at BGCFKY, or you can simply shoot me an email at Courtney at BGCF.org. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y at BGCF.org. And no idea is a bad idea, so send them my way. Carol Seiler is a force to be reckoned with. The energy she puts into the world is full of nothing but love, positivity, and true girl power. She is the executive director for Women Leading Kentucky. She is a fierce advocate of women. And today, she is a guest on the Do Good Radio Hour. Here is our friend, Carol Seiler. When I worked for the radio station, I did. I did not. I was not a DJ or anything like that. Right. Or well, an on-air personality or whatever. I was uh, in development. So okay. When we did our fundraisers, that's when I would. They would let me on the air. <laughs> now, what radio station did you work for? Weku. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you love that? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, I like doing the fun drives too. I mean, I, I they were just like so exhilarating, you know. Yes. Now, I do have to start with a conversation about Wordle. Sure. Because I know that you are a Wordle girl. Yes, I am. And I am a diehard Wordle girl. Okay. What is it about Wordle that has just taken over our whole lives? Do you have any theories? Uh, I I don't know. I guess it's because people have this idea in their mind that they'd like to work crossword puzzle. Right. But they don't have time to sit down and just commit to a crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. And also, 
it's taxing on your brain. You know, it's not only time consuming, but, you know, it, it and people are intimidated by crossword puzzles. They are. But with Wordle, it's one word. Yep. And that's all you have to do is one word. And and it really uh you have to you 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 just have to you have to work at it to get it. It's not like it's something that comes easy. It's not sit sitting there like I play, I play Candy Crush too. Oh yes, but I'm mindless. <laughs> just I, swiping. I can play Candy Crush in my sleep. <laughs> right. You know, but this really takes concentration. Uh, but it also you can get it done. Like I, I usually get my puzzles done most of mo- most mornings um, within fifteen minutes. Now, is it just Wordle and Candy Crush, or are you doing the other Edle games? Because there's Movie Edle, there's Actoral. Uh, there's I've the done thing. the um, the. Uh, What's it called? Wordle. World. World. Yeah. Worldle. Yes. The geography one. The geography one. That is hard. Yes. That is hard because they, you get no information. Well, you don't with Wordle either. But you just basically have no information on that one. <laughs> now, what's your go-to start word? Raise. R-A-I-S-E. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I've been on Slate for a really okay. long time, but I think I need to switch it up because yeah. I think they're starting to learn. I think yesterday I got, I, I had three of the four letters right yesterday. Was yesterday ruddy? Is that what that was? No, I don't remember what it was. I can't remember. I don't remember. That's the thing. It goes right out of my head. I know. And and it, and they've had some words here lately that have just been, oh, it was, um, it was something like that. Re- Radar, radar, right? Not radar. It was something like that. Yeah. It ended, started an R and ended in an R. Okay, that's how they get you. The doubles. Yeah, doubles everywhere. Oh, I hate that. It's Another so day when it was kiosk. I was like, "What? What are you trying to do to us?" I mean, think of those letters. And you then know? I think I know what a kiosk is. Oh, the yeah. word kiosk is not something. It's not that's an hard. uncommon word, right? But then I'm when I think about it, I'm like, "When do I ever use the word kiosk? Yeah. Hardly ever." Right. Call it a desk. Uh huh. You just go to that desk when really right. it's a kiosk. I don't know. Right. Now the next thing okay. I want to talk about a podcast called Alabama Astronaut. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. Tell me about it. So. It was something in the BGCF office that, like, really okay. took off. Scott Fitzpatrick got everybody hooked on it. Okay. Super interesting. It is about this man. I have his name, A. Partridge, okay. who would go into these churches in Appalachia, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and he referred to himself as a song catcher. So he would really um, study the culture around Appalachian churches and write down and document all the songs that they were singing in this okay. church because they weren't super... You know, they weren't documented anywhere. Right. And I know that you have, maybe not with the song portion, but I know that you have done a lot of work in Appalachia, Kentucky, and and researching that culture. (laughs) And I want to know everything about that. Okay, I know what you're asking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, when I was in college, uh, when I was... uh, I was I, did, I, first, I have been to many college over an extended period of time, but let's just say I was in my um, sophomore year at Lee's College. It was a junior college, and I was in my sophomore year there, um, and I got uh, hooked up with the oral history department, and 
one of the the um, projects that they were working on that I took over from somebody else who started mm-hmm. it was um, a, a project on snake handlers. So I got to interview people who I went to their homes, and those snakes were right there in those houses. Yep. And I interviewed all these people who, you know, they were uh, they were people um, who some people were they they just attended they weren't like because some of these are, are churches aren't really led by a pastor some right. are but others are just sort of mainly led you know the congregation leads right whoever feels mm-hmm. led to get up and preach you know well it's the most amazing thing so i learned all about it and wrote this article that was published mm-hmm. in the um lee's college had a, a little publication that they did and it's published in that that article is and it and it talks about how that that gets started and like some of the songs and mm-hmm. the and the whole culture is that uh, life in and this is this is sort of what my theory was is that life is hard in the mountains yeah and it was especially hard you know back hundreds of years ago and so their life was hard and their religion had to be hard right and they had to prove that they were worthy uh you know, to God. Right. And these tests of faith were the way that they proved their worthiness. And then I went on to college in Virginia, and one of my professors there was working on his Ph.D., and uh, he was doing a project in snake handling. Ah. And so I went to a little church in Jolo, West Virginia with him, and we actually filmed Snake handling, snake which handlers. is very rare. Yes, he, uh, he, his family. He grew up in a family that did this, mm-hmm. so he kind of talked their language. Okay, and he just and and they realized that he's just working on you know this, uh, you know the PhD, and that he wasn't trying to make fun of them, of or or anything like that. And so we filmed, and it was mainly just to document, right. Uh, what what they had done. Well, I was expecting uh, <laughs> them to take a snake out sure. of, of a you know a basket because I know they kept them in baskets yeah. mainly, and that they would take these snakes out and that they would going to pass this snake around the room, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. No. So um, and uh, they would go up to the front of the room. And had all these baskets lined up on the stage. And they took out handfuls of snakes and just danced around with those snakes. And I was like, and I'm I'm filming. And so I'm I'm like, oh my God. right. I'm horrified. You know, fortunately, there's a. I've got this big camera in front of me, so, <laughs> so you can you know, use as a weapon. I, as yes, yes, yes. That's what I thought. But I was just, and I told him, I said, "Don't you ever ask me to do this again." <laughs> now, my grand. I'm originally from Harlan County, oh, so that's my husband's deep from there in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandparents used to go to these churches, mm-hmm. and it is so hard to understand. But they're not, I mean, obviously, they're not malicious people. No. They're, it's just the way that they practice their religion. It's, and it's like I said, I think it's because that it they had a hard existence. Yes. 
And that proof of faith was very important to them because there was so little in their lives that they really Mm -hmm. had control over. And I think they felt like, if I can control this part of my life, I mean, you know, I'm sure they're not thinking this out. but But it's like, this is something in my life, and if I can prove this, then I can... You know, yes. uh, prove my worth here on earth. Mm-hmm. Now, your husband is from Harlan County. Yes, he is. Who is he? His name is Clark Siler. Now, Siler. his family—he moved away from Harlan though when he was in third grade. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he's been gone. He uh, he was auditioned for the Harlan Boys Choir, <sighs> and his brother was in it. Uh-huh. And then he auditioned, and like. I don't even think that he may have practiced one time. Sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, but it was kind of before it even got kicked off that, that year, his family moved to Winchester. Uh, okay. And where and so are that's you where originally from? Well, my father was a Methodist minister. Okay. So we, they're itinerant. They move every, when I was growing up, it was every four to six years. I think now that they, they stay longer sure. in, at churches. But uh, we moved around a lot. So I just say... I was born in Louisville. Okay. And I um, graduated from high school from Nicholas County High School, which is Carlisle. Okay. So how did you land in Lexington? Well, well, now, I don't live in Lexington. I okay. live in Richmond. Okay. We love Richmond. I went right. to EKU. Well, and I worked at EKU okay. for many years. Yep. So that's, and I, that was my, that I retired actually from Eastern. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I wanted to come back. I'd been living in Virginia for seven years. And I, my daughter was little, and I just wanted to be closer to my family. They lived in Lancaster. Oh, yeah. And I just wanted to be closer to my family. And so I moved to Lancaster while I did search for a job. Sure. And a job came open at Eastern and also got accepted into their master's program and my degrees in history. So okay. my bachelor and my master's both are in history. And I was accepted into the master's degree program. Uh, and so that's where you landed. That's where I landed. <laughs> and I've just been there ever since. And I keep saying I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. But um, I'm I'm there. Yes. But I spend most of my time. My life is really in Lexington. OK. You know, I consider Lexington, you know, where I have my life. Right. Home away from home. Yes, it will. is. Now, before we really get into the, the nitty gritty of your story, because I okay. have a few questions. Sure. I want to tell you about an experience I had last fall. Okay. So I'm flipping through Facebook, mm-hmm. just mindlessly scrolling, mm-hmm. and I came across these pictures of you. They were these headshots. Oh, yeah. The fiercest headshots I've ever seen in my life. You were wearing this, like, animal print, mm-hmm. leather, knee-high boots. And I just remember thinking the confidence that that has to take. I don't even think that I would feel comfortable. Yeah. That big chair that you were in. Oh, where I had my arms oh up my over on the back of the chair. Phenomenal. <laughs> now, we just did that one as a lark, you know. Yes, but. of course. But where does that confidence come from? Have you always had that? Or is that something that you've had to work on? No, it is not something that comes naturally to mm-hmm. me. I am uh, I, not at all, not at all. I, I believe, honestly, it's um, I've, I've just had to 
I've just sort of had to force myself to be confident. Fake it till you make it. And I did. And that is really kind of the story of my life because when I got out of college, um, first jobs that I had, my my first degree was in radio TV communications. Mm -hmm. So I went to work for a a TV station, and then I worked for several radio stations after that. And, And I was a salesperson. Okay. And I was always, I was like the only woman on the sales team, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to strut around in, you know, high heels and a skirt. You know, back in those days, we wore suits and, you know, right. and so no matter how cold it was outside, and it was just like if I didn't present myself with self confidence, mm-hmm. um, then. You know they weren't gonna they they weren't gonna buy a thing from me. Right. They were not gonna trust me, and I had to have that trust for them to trust me with their advertising dollars that I knew what I was talking about. You right. know, and many many times right at the beginning it was like, would you have the boss? You know, call me. Of course. You know, so annoying. Oh yeah, so gross. <laughs> and I took over and I took over a, a man's account, and it was like, where's Frank? He's not here anymore. Frank is not here. <laughs> I, I'm your new rep. You know, Frank is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I just had to basically force myself. And then, you know, you get comfortable in a position because then I kind of, when I was at WEKU, mm-hmm. I, I got really comfortable in that position. And it was great. And it was it was public radio. Right. And they were very f- friendly to women. You know, it's a lot of women working that field and um you know and so i just got i felt confident and then uh, i moved on to women leading kentucky and all of a sudden i realized oh my gosh i've got to step up right i've lost a step and Mm -hmm. i and i really did when i took over i realized i've just sort of been resting on my laurels a little bit and i need and it's it took me a little bit to kind of you know, do Get that, but it's that. that it is that just digging down for, and and just from everything in your being, you got to just pull it out. Mm-hmm. You you just cannot. Um, I don't know. You just can't. You don't. You, you're. It's not. Some people are naturally born that way. Of course. Some people really are. Yep. They are extroverts. And they're born that way, and they have no problem just going out and just being just totally fierce. Vicki Evans. Vicki is <laughs> an she is an exact person that yep. it, that I would I would name. Yep. And there are Devonna Sayer, yep. if you know Devonna. Oh my word! But Devonna will tell you that she originally was not that way. That she was very shy as a as a child. Mm. You know, and um, I, I wouldn't say I was shy because I've always done theater, mm-hmm. but I was I did not have a lot of self-confidence. And right. I think when I when I really started acting mm-hmm. is when I really that's when I really, really learned to do it was, you know, and, 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 I, and I'll put a plug in. If you've got a child, you know, and, and you need to build their self-confidence uh, get them involved with theater. Put them on a stage. Put them on a stage because it will develop self-confidence. It will develop, you know, um, you know, group that they can work with a group, teamwork, yep. um, public speaking, just all kinds of, you, you know, problem-solving skills, you know. But it's the best thing, especially for young girls. Yep. 
to do is to get them out there on that stage in front of people. I still am on the train of faking it till you make it. I'm very much an introvert, and I try my best to pretend like I'm an extrovert from time to time. But it definitely takes work, and being on stage absolutely helped. I think Mm -hmm. that I would be Mm -hmm. a church mouse otherwise. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Now, kind of going off of that, you have had so many titles in your life. You've been a professor, an actress, a writer, uh, executive director of Leading Women Kentucky, which I'm so excited to talk about. But I think that, and I'm hoping that you can agree with me here, a lot of times women are put into these boxes Mm -hmm. of mom, sister, friend, caretaker, homemaker. And sometimes it can be not only frustrating to get out of those boxes, but hard to get out of those Mm. boxes. What advice do you have for women who are listening who want to be outside of that box but aren't sure how to start taking steps out? Okay, I'm going to say one thing to begin before I say anything else, is do not ever let anybody put you in that box. Mm. Yes. First piece of advice, don't ever let anybody tell you who you are. Yeah. You know, you take agency over your life and you say, this is who I am. Look in the mirror and say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Carol Seiler. I am. And then put it in order of who you are. And that's my first piece of advice is don't let anybody put you in a box and define you, you. My second thing is if you if you look in that mirror and you say, um, you know, so-and-so, I am, you know, I'm Carol Seiler. I'm Clark Seiler's wife. Okay. Then, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, is that really what I want to be? Right. Is that how I want to be defined? Or, or anything. So, so-and-so's sister or a homemaker or, you know, and those are all great things to be. Yes. All great things. But if you don't want your life defined as, that, as any one particular thing, then, you know, just be open-minded. Think about things that you're passionate about, mm. you know, and, and look around at other women. See what they're doing. Yep. Go pick their brain. Go, you know, you find a woman who is doing something like, you know, you see her on Facebook and she skis. Hey, how did you get started? Right. We don't live in Colorado. How can <laughs> how can I get started? Right. You know, how do I learn? You know, or whatever. You know, I know people that have become swimmers, you know, when they're older, they've learned to swim and like been competitive swimmers when they've been older. So it's never too late to learn something that you want to learn or to find your passion. Just don't be afraid to do it. And I guess that is, you know, probably one thing I'll say is don't be afraid. Mm. Don't be afraid. Don't let it stop you. Don't let your fear rule you. That's the other thing is right now I'm 28, mm-hmm. and 28 is young. Yeah. Oh but God. there's this clock that's <laughs> that's constantly ticking of, like, I don't know if I'm doing enough. I don't know if I'm, if I'm getting to where I'm going fast mm-hmm. enough. And that can also be so scary and so stressful. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for younger women who are like, I want, I want to make something, and I know that I can – 
but I'm I'm just scared to take that leap. Okay, so here you go. So when I was 28, I was uh, I had gone back to college to get my bachelor's mm-hmm. degree after working for a while, uh, being married, having a child, getting divorced. Yeah. And uh, and I went back to college because. Um, my, even though my two-year degree was in radio, TV communications, I had always wanted to be. To, I've always wanted to be uh, have a degree in history to teach history, and I've always wanted to do that. So I'm like, I'm going back to college. Right. And the University of Virginia has a satellite school in Wise, Virginia, and uh, which is where I was living at the time. And I went back to school, and I just said. All right, this is going to be hard because I'm not going to have any money, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. And I've got a child, <laughs> you know, and uh, and this is going to be hard, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, I had basically three years of school, so you know, I, I let me tell you something. I really believe young women now have have it harder. It's yeah. like the world is pushing you to do so much at such a younger age. And I know women your age that are like, I'm like, you're doing what? I wasn't doing anything near like that when right. I was your age. You know, and it, but, and I just feel like the world is moving so fast and mm-hmm. pushing you. So here's my advice is, uh, and this kind of goes back to what I said a minute ago, find your passion and don't feel like you have to be everything to everybody. Mm. Because I really believe that's where where you get stuck and you get burnt out. It's, yeah. it's learn to say no. You don't have to do everything. If you do if you have one job and that's what you're passionate about and you do it until you retire, so be it. That's great. You don't have to be you don't have to own the universe. You know what I mean? Right. You don't have to. Find what you're passionate about and do it. And if there's things that just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, then great, go with it. But if you're happy where you are, uh, you know, but don't be afraid to risk either. Don't be afraid to take a chance. But don't don't let anybody else, don't let anybody put you in that box. Mm-hmm. And don't let anybody else control your timetable. Right. Oh, I love that. Because that's, a, that's you. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like the way your life is going because you feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that, and I've, you know, if I'm if I'm not, you know, if I'm not moving, I'm stuck, and it, it's mm-hmm. not true. Yeah, it's I, not true. How many people do you know that have 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 left the workforce, had families, gone back to the workforce, and picked up right where they went off? They they a lot of people have done that. So don't don't worry about it. You yeah. know, don't don't just don't don't let the world dictate to you what what your life is going to be. Mm. You're you're a testament to exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, is that you do not have to be all things to all people. Absolutely. Yep, that's a very solid piece of advice mm-hmm. that everybody should take. <laughs> now let's talk about women leading Kentucky. Yes. First, tell people what women leading Kentucky is because. If you just hear about it, you think, oh, well, it's a club or it's Mm -hmm. like sorority like or you give us the umbrella of what it is. Okay, I'm going to dispel the myth of it being a club or sorority right off the bat. Yes. Because if there is anything we are, we are not that. (laughs) (laughs) Women Leading Kentucky was founded to give women the opportunity to grow their own professional networks. 
Um, we were founded by Janet Holloway back in 1999, and Janet was with Small Business Administration. She went all the way around, all over the state, and she uh, tried to get women, you know, starting their own businesses and building their networks. And she just realized, you know, women just didn't know people. They didn't mm-hmm. know how to get their businesses off the ground, you know. And so she said, women have got to find a way. Men have golf clubs. They've got yes. They've got club clubs. And women have nothing like that. So she wanted to set up a networking organization. And she also wanted it to be very inclusive. So that we are not a membership organization. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a part of Women Leading Kentucky, you just come to our events. You buy a ticket and come to our events, and yep. that's it. Uh, and you're part of our network, and you just meet the people you need to meet and you know, and that's it. That's all there is to it. I promise. I promise. That's all it is. Buy a ticket and come. You know, because people just keep, how do I get involved? Well, there's so many ways to get involved, right. but coming. But we are basically, that's what we do, is we try to, um, to women meet each other, network, uh, grow their uh, net, grow their professional networks, whether they have a business and they're looking for new clientele or whether they work on the corporate level and they're looking to bring business in right. to their corporation. Uh, you know, there's something there for everybody. Even if you're new to town, you just want to make friends. Yes. You know, it's a great way to network and meet other women. Uh, so we, um, you know, we engage women we want to empower women elevate women that is uh, all part of our mission uh, and you know to help women have some professional development opportunities we have luncheons we have uh, workshops uh, we have an annual conference and we do various professional development um, opportunities during that time you know mm-hmm. d- uh, during the workshops and the conference and the lunch usually is a you know just like a, pa- a talk by a powerful woman yes leader they're great so yes so good so that's that's basically who we are now, how did you get started with them, and how did you find leadership in Women Leading Kentucky? Okay, so I was um, I worked for WEKU, and uh, we were we had a relationship with Janet. Um, we would promote their events on the radio station for them, and so in exchange for that, I got tickets to come to to the luncheons and to mm-hmm. the conference, and and so I went every time that they had something. I never missed. And, and and so um, that's how I got involved with the organization. And then when um, uh, you want me to tell you how I ended up at yes. Kentucky, yes. okay. So what happened was then um, I was at um, at Eastern, and the the university was offering buyouts to certain employees. You had mm-hmm. to work there a certain number of years and be at a certain pay pay grade. Uh, and they would buy out your contract with like six months. Great. Well, I qualified, but I really wasn't serious about it. Right. And then I looked and I thought, you know what? I can retire. I've got 20 years in, so I've got, you know, I'm fully vested in my insurance. Uh, it won't be as much retirement as if I, what, you know, sure. put in 27 or 30 years. But, you know, maybe it's time to, to move on. And I don't know. So then I went to a Women Leading Kentucky conference. Mm. And the speaker said, if your company ever offers to buy you out, take it and go reinvent yourself. Ooh. She said, if you've even got, if that even resonates with you for one second, take that buyout. 
So I went, okay, that resonated with me for maybe five seconds. <laughs> right. So I think, I, I think I'll do it. So I, I did. I went through and met with everybody at the university, and I retired on June 30th, 2013. I spent the summer with my grandchildren, you know, and then uh, in the meantime, Janet retired from Women Leading Kentucky, and they had a position open, you know, as the executive director, and I said, you know, I'm going to apply, and I did. Never thought another word of, you know, a bit of it. I I applied. You know, I thought I'm one of many, many women. Then all of a sudden, middle of July, I get a phone call, you know. And then then I get a call back, you know. And so, and you know, like, and then in September 3rd, 2013, I started and the rest is history. (laughs) What kismet. That is beautiful. Yeah. It yeah. is so like the story is so woven into yeah. each other. That was made yeah. for you. Well, and 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 I'll get tell you once something else. It was just really really short here, but um, when I left the university, I had two months of vacation pay mm. before I would have had to start using any of the money that I had taken from my buyout. Right. So I had July and August. That was all my vacation pay money, and I would have had to start using buyout money. Right. You know, after that, well, I was hired in September, so I never had to touch a penny of that money. <laughs> that is perfection. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was perfect. It was exactly, you just, know. Just what was, you needed. Exactly. Just what you wanted. And then, of course, wouldn't you know that uh, the day that I was supposed to start work, mm-hmm. my first day, mm-hmm. um, I um, I got a, a, a summons for jury duty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course. So my first day of work, I have jury duty. Yeah, they got to throw a wrench in there. Somewhere. It couldn't have been 100% perfect. You yeah. needed something. Fortunately, <laughs> they were very understanding. So Now, tell me what it is about women supporting other women, mm. especially in this community. Okay, so here's the thing. Women get a bad reputation for, uh, you know, for beating each other down. Yeah. That Janet always uh, said is we don't tear each other down. Yes. And it's something that I have, I say to my staff and that my board and to any woman who will listen is don't tear each other down. We build each other up. We empower each other. If we are elevating each other, we are elevating all women. You know, when when I elevate you, instead mm-hmm. of being jealous of the fact that you're sitting here with this radio show, <laughs> you know, I never could. I, <laughs> nobody wants to hear me on the radio, so I'm jealous right. because I don't sound as good as she does. <laughs> so, but but I don't feel that way. Right. And I and I want to empower you, Courtney, and I want to say you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's you're beautiful to sit here. And look at while I'm talking, and you know, and you ask good questions, and you've done your homework, mm-hmm. and you know, just I want to elevate you and empower you to do the best you can, and to be glad that you made that move back here because it was worth it. You know, yes. it was worth it to us to have you here in this community, uh. and that's what women need to do. Women need to empower and elevate each other. Otherwise, we leave our sisters out there on an island. Yes, you know, we're you know, and you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you because you, you know you had asked me earlier about uh, a woman who may feel like she's been pigeonholed into a certain role. Well, if that woman is thinking, "What? I'm I'm afraid. What can I do? I've got this role, and I want to get out of this, and I want to work." Or and you can't tell a woman to go follow her dream and then shoot her down for right. following it. Oh, I love that. Yep. And I mean, even 
that, like, I think women are the coolest and they are the strongest, Mm -hmm. smartest, just the best people. And so hearing somebody like you give me all of those amazing compliments, which thank you, by the way. you deserve them. Thank you. There's a, a fire that's lit where you feel worthy of those compliments mm-hmm. and it's not so much of you know oh thanks but like yeah, here's all of these qualifiers of why you're wrong it feels like a community coming together and being like we can do whatever uh-huh. we want because we have each other's backs right and you have to be genuine in your compliments yes and you also have to be genuine in your criticism yeah because you you can you know, and, and I hate to say criticize is not the word I like to use, but you can give people helpful, you know, advice and Absolutely. compliments and help them to grow, you know, growth opportunities, maybe, yes. uh, rather than criticism, helpful growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. But you can do that without being mean about it. Right. And um, maybe it does take practice, but start practicing. It does. <laughs> it does. You start practicing. Yes. Now, what is your favorite part about Women leading Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love to see women supporting each other. Mm. Uh, we have an event, you know, we have our networking after hours events. And and women of all ages. Um, and now, uh, uh, let me put a plug in for the men. Men yes. are welcome to come to our events. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We love men. Okay. Yes, yes we Bring do. on the men. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we just want more women, but, you know, it is a women's organization, but we welcome men Mm -hmm. at our events. We sure do. Mm -hmm. We want to show them how powerful we can be as a as a group, you know. So, you know, they need to fear us. (laughs) (laughs) I I say that. I say that in love. I say that in love. Uh, But. no, but um, I'm sorry. What was what were we talking about? Uh, you asked your me. favorite part. My favorite part. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, we have, we have these networking after hours events, and and all of our other events too. But these are are mainly just to network. You know, where women get together, have a glass of wine, you know, a few little munchies, and come to a you know a, to a, a location um, to be introduced to somebody's business and. And they just make friends. And to hear each other, just to hear all these women laughing and talking and supporting each other. And if there's an exhibitor there or a vendor who's selling something, all the women that, you know, go and, you know, and talk to the vendors and, you know, and uplift them and buy their stuff, you know. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so uplifting to see these women supporting mm. each other and to know that they mean it and to see these lifelong friendships and to hear of women who have, uh, you know, I want to thank Women Leading Kentucky because I got a job right. through a contact that I made yep. there or I got a promotion at work or, you know, that they made a, a move up, you know, that, you know, or they they have come and they their business has blossomed because of being an exhibitor at one of our um, events. So, you know, I just, I love that. I love the connections uh, that are made at our events. And I, I just, you know, seeing those women support each other and the and, and supporting the men who come and the men who come and support the women. Right. I just love seeing it, people connecting and supporting each other. Mm. Now, we are going to go into our second segment, okay. which I like to call BGCF Fast Facts. Which is where I'm going to give you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first question that pops up. 
Are you ready? I'm ready. What are you reading right now? I am reading a book called My Grandmother Says to Tell You She's Sorry, and it's by Frederick Bachman, and he is the same author who wrote the book A Man Called Ova. <gasps> okay. Is it, He's a Swedish uh, author. Is it as sad? It's pretty sad, it, isn't it? No, it no <laughs> no no. No book it's has not. made it's, me cry harder. Oh, than. <laughs> well, go see the movie. Oh, I don't know if I can. Oh, I've seen it twice. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Oh, listen, what a great movie! It, they just they did a they did a good job staying true to that book too. Yes. But this this is a good story. It's about a little eight eight year old girl who's kind of a genius, and <sighs> and her grandmother passes, and she has to go tell all these people she has notes for all these people she has to deliver and it's about all these relationships and how they can end up connecting to each other oh i love it's a great book what are you watching right now rupaul's drag race (gasps) me too okay i love it i've now gone all the way back i'm on season seven so i'm starting i've always been into it but i've just restarted it for maybe the 10th time yeah who's your favorite for this season? Of all time. Of all time. Oh, Jinx Monsoon. Chicago. Oh, gosh. I wish I could have seen that. Oh, my gosh. Phenomenal. Can you imagine? Did you see it? No, but I've, I've unfortunately seen, like, bootleg videos, like YouTube videos, oh, well, TikToks. I have to see it. Oh, well, oh. I, well, I'm going to go look those so up. So good. I'll send you some. Oh, Jinx is great. What are you listening to right now? I'm listening to Rachel Maddow's podcast okay. called Ultra. Okay. What does she cover? Because I know that she has a few. So yeah. what is she covering? This one is about. Um, this one is about a um, a group of radical people. Uh, it, it, well, it starts out a, a plane crash where a U.S. senator was killed back mm-hmm. in the '40s, mm-hmm. and and it goes back to show that like his involvement with uh, with the Nazis. And how that uh, there were so many people in this America First mm-hmm. uh, group mm-hmm. who were involved with the Nazi Party, and yeah, oh, it, juicy! It's juicy! It's juicy! Uh, you know, and and most of the stuff is from like I, I haven't gotten there yet to see how sure. far she brings it up. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. but, but you're yeah. working for oh, it. Yeah, mm. yeah. What are you eating right now? Anything my husband cooks. Is he a good cook? Oh, yes. He made some killer pimento cheese yesterday. Mm. And today he made his famous soup. So I'll have some of that probably for lunch tomorrow. What soup is this? Well, it's technically a beef and cabbage soup. Delicious. But he makes his own spin on it, you know, with some a little teeny bit of brown sugar and some red wine and garlic. And Mm-mm. oh, it's the best. Delicious. It's to die for. Make my mouth water. What are you most scared of? Um, I'm. I'm. I, I guess any any of my family members getting sick. Yeah. It's a very common answer in here. Mm-hmm. That's probably the one we hear. I was going to say alligators, but <laughs> but also they are terrifying. So we can yes. we'll add them to the list. What are you most proud of? My daughter. Mm. She is. Um, she while she was a, a, a registered nurse, uh, raising a family, she went back to school and got her doctorate of nursing nursing practice which is a tough, tough, tough program. It's She's technically a nurse practitioner, but it's sort of the highest level Absolutely. you can go in nursing. 
And uh, she, I'm so proud of her. And she followed her dream. She and her husband, from when they were teenagers, wanted to go to um, Oregon, wanted to live in Oregon. And so she got a job in Portland. And they last year, they moved to Portland. Beautiful. What's her name? Jessica. Uh, shout out, Jessica. We are also proud of you, Jessica. Who do you look up to? Martha Lane Collins. Mm, why? Martha Lane Collins, you know, she she set the pace for women in Kentucky. Mm. She really did. You know, she is our first and only female governor. Yep. Uh, now, she wasn't the first lieutenant governor, but, you know, she was lieutenant governor. You know, think about what she brought to Kentucky. Toyota, you know, she's yep. responsible for Toyota being here. Bluegrass State Games, mm. governor's school. You know, she's responsible for so much that we take for granted now in Kentucky. And she's still a force to be reckoned with, you know. I love She's it. up there in her 80s and, you know. Still she's, killing it. Oh, she's killing it. She's <laughs> killing it. If she talks, you want to listen. What are you most looking forward to? Outside of work or inside of work? Let's do both. Okay. Well, inside of work, our annual conference, which is coming up in May. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to that. May it's a big deal. What? May 17th. May 17th. Mm, because okay. it's such a big deal. Mm. Next, I'm looking forward to my vacation in July. It's always, oh, I know another one. Oh, wait a minute. I want to take that back. Okay. I, I want to take that one back. Okay. Okay. First of all, where are you going? Florida. Oh, we're so going fun. to uh, Sunnyside. It's outside of Panama City. Okay, uh, uh, but I think probably before that, what yeah, I'm looking we're, for, we're taking that. Okay, one back. we're gonna take it back, yeah. and I, because I want to be more current. Okay, because that's not till July. Okay, I'm looking forward to opening my pool in May, <gasps> second week of May. Mm, do you have a big pool? Big yeah, enough. it's. Yeah, it's yeah. a good size pool. Mm. Yeah, it's the biggest one. Yeah, it's big. It's I mean, warm outside today. I know. Wouldn't it be nice to be dipping your toes Listen, over the side the of that pool? Listen, this is the second day in a row that my kneecaps and my ankles have been out at the same time. Well, my ankles aren't out, but my kneecaps are. I'm very excited about it. In case anybody's wondering, that sounds weird. I have on boots. <laughs> <laughs> Ankles are not out. Kneecaps definitely are out. They could have been the holy jeans. I like know. The okay. jeans. That's true, I guess. <laughs> Why do you love our community? I love Lexington because it is such a diverse community. There's so much that happens here. People help each other. Um, and and yet it's it's a good sized city. It yeah. really is. I'm surprised at how big Lexington really is. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's small enough that you don't get lost. Mm. You can't go to any event where you don't see five or six people that you know. Yep. You I know, and, and I love it. And I just love the size of the city. I love the vibe. The city just has a great vibe. Yeah, it does. It does. Why do you love yourself? Well, I think I love myself because of my positive attitude. Mm. I think I, that's one thing I love about myself. I, You know, I told you that I went back to school when I was um, divorced with a young yep. child. I I had some lean years during school and after school and just getting on my feet. And I made some mis- brutal mistakes, you know. As everyone does. Uh, yes. But I'll tell you something. I always had a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. I always saw the bright side. 
I've told my husband, I said, now at my funeral, I want y'all to sing. Always look on the bright side of life oh, I from love the life it. of Brian. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I'm serious and I'm serious about that I, uh, or serious about look on the bright right. side of life is what I'm serious <laughs> yeah. about. Uh, but I do. I think that's what I love about myself is I always can see the bright side of things. Mm. We appreciate that so much. Well, You're the best. You. Thank you. Last question. How can people get in touch with you? How can women find out more? Not just women, men, men and women. That's right. Find out more about Women Leading Kentucky. Well, the first thing is you can find all of our events on our website, which is womenleadingky.com. Great. The second way is to just look for look for Women Leading Kentucky on Facebook, Insta, and uh, LinkedIn. Great. So, yeah. Mm. And you'll find out all of our things. And you can um, sign up for our newsletter when you go onto um, the website. You can sign up for our newsletter. We send it out a couple times a week. Yep. The newsletter is great, and it is so helpful. Yes. And it will give you everything and how to register, how to exhibit, how to sponsor, all that. Amazing. Carol, thank you so much for being here. This has been really wonderful. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Courtney. Yeah, of course. And maybe in May, closer to the conference, you can come back maybe with some friends and we can chat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll come back and talk about who's going to be speaking at our conference. Yes, please. All right. I'll see you next time. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit us at bgcf.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.